You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, author of Working Like Dogs, and my co-host, my trusty service dog, Whistle. And Whistle and I are thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs. And today, we have two special guests with us, Officer John Doskas and his canine partner, Izo. And John and Izo are officers with the Chictawaga Police Department, and that's a suburb of Buffalo, New York. So come right back after these important messages from our sponsors, and we're going to visit with Officer Daskas and his canine partner. So come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Marcy Davis, and we're welcoming Officer John Doskus and his canine partner today. Hello, John, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Marcy. It's a pleasure. Well, we're so glad you can be with us today, and we want to hear all about your canine partner. So tell us, how did you become a part of a canine unit? 
Well, it was something I always wanted to do. I'm, I've been a police officer now for about 19 years, and at the time um, when uh, we had a retired officer, he was the canine officer, his name was Dan Smith. Uh, he retired back in 2004, and uh, I was uh, one of the five top candidates to uh, bid for the position. And uh, as soon as they did the interviews and everything else, I was the lucky one to uh, to get the job. Wow, that sounds like a really competitive process. So what was that process like when you say bid? What does that mean? Well, basically, it was uh, five, five top senior guys that were, um, you basically bid for the job. And uh, once um, they have all the applicants, they do the interviews. One of the, uh, the interviewees was um, Officer Smith, who uh, actually was one of the ones that was the chooser of, of the canine handler and figured out, you know, who would be the best candidate for the job you know, not only with experience and or, you know, seniority, as well as, you know, how well the interview went. Wow. So did you have to have dog handling experience or just law enforcement experience? Just law enforcement. Uh, If you had some background in, you know, uh, canine handling, it would be a plus, but really nobody did, you know, other than just working with, you know, Officer Smith at the time. So that that was pretty much it. So what happened after you knew you got the job? When did you get your partner? Well, I got my partner. I met my partner like the same day that I found out that I got the uh, the position. Wow, and, uh, that must have been exciting. Yeah, he was already chosen. Officer Smith, uh, I had no um, choosing of the, the process of the canine. Uh, he chose the dog for me, and uh, he chose a uh, 14-month-old German Shepherd that he uh, he was able to get from a uh, reputable breeder from, from Virginia. And uh, basically, my dog was, uh, you know, handpicked by him based on play drive, based on obedience, based on mentality. And, uh, you know, he basically was, you know, the dog that, you know, was, was the best suited. Uh, there were several dogs that he had to choose from. And uh, my dog, Isa, was, was the best one that uh, was able to suit the, uh, the needs of our department. Wow. And so Isa was already trained then at 14 months? Well, he was partially trained. He had a basic IPO, which is International Police Organization Foundation, which he had basic tracking skills, basic obedience, and some handler protection skills. But the uh, the rest of the stuff was done here uh, when I got him. Oh, cool. So then you two started working together at that point and training together. Correct. Okay. And so tell us about that. What was the training like for you and ISO? Well, training was uh, it was uh, relatively rigorous. You know, it took several several months to uh, to train him. Um, we started off with, you know, basic obedience, and we went right to uh, narcotics detection, which um, is probably 90 for, 95% of the job that I do on the street. We do a lot of narcotic uh, detection with uh, other agencies, not only my department, but the agencies in my area that do not have a canine unit or federal agencies like the FBI, DEA, and uh, the U.S. Marshal Service. Oh, cool. So when you say that he does narcotics work, what are some of the things that ISO does out in the field with that? Well, basically, he, uh, you know, he would go into a house or go into a vehicle and, and sniff out the, uh, the odor of narcotics. Um, it's basically a, uh, a scent association game. That's all it is when you learn uh, to teach a detector dog how to sniff out a certain substance. It could be, you know, for explosives or for narcotics or cadaver or, you know, a a vast number of different things a canine can sniff out. But basically all it is is just play drive and scent association associated with the toy. 
Okay. And so can he do all of those things or does he specialize in just narcotics? Just narcotics and he also is a tracking dog. Cool. Wow. Well, that is so awesome. And I, I was just wondering, so you said it was a few months that you guys worked together to really complete his training and get you two ready. Yes, we had him started off with uh, the basic obedience and the narcotic detecting skills. Uh, he learned uh, three odors, which were the odors of marijuana, cocaine, and heroin. And from those odors, he was able to be certified within four weeks of me getting him in, in those substances. That was good enough to put ISO on the street as a detector dog. And after um, we received our training and our certification for narcotics detection, we then proceeded for a patrol training, which included tracking skills, building searches, air, open area searches for suspects. Um, we also had uh, like building searches for burglary. Also, um, the tracking skills that we we pretty much enlightened on were for tracking for a suspect that would you know, run away from a stolen car or if there was a lost child or a lost Alzheimer's patient from a nursing home that would wander off, Isa would be able to track them. That is so wonderful. And how long have you and Isa been together? We've been together just a little over five years. It was uh, actually five years in May. Wow, so he's really in great shape now. I mean, he's yes, at a he perfect is. age. He's at his best, I'm sure. Yes, he's, he's probably um, the best that he can be. And as of right now, ISO has probably more independent certifications in New York than any canine in our area. Oh, that's awesome. And what's the average expectancy for his working life? Well, he's very healthy now, and I would like to retire him at a fairly young age. I'd like to retire him at about nine years old. So uh, he's, he just turned seven in July, so I'm probably going to start looking for another dog probably next spring yeah. and to start training that dog and socializing uh, the new dog with Izo and, you know, basically running them both together. And once the other dog is fully trained, you know, I would then, then retire Izo completely. And what does that mean when he's retired? Where does Izo go then? He would be a, a pretty much a, a house potato. That's, that's pretty much what he would do. He would probably stay home and, and enjoy uh, life like a dog should. And can he stay with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> well, I know that's always what people ask me about my service dog is what happens to them at retirement. And I have a retired service dog on the couch waiting for Oprah to come on this afternoon because he's a couch potato now and gets treated like the king. So it sounds like that's the same thing that will happen to Izo. Yes, he would, uh, he would pretty much, and I think it would be very difficult for him not to go to work with me every single day. You know, it's like every time I put my uniform on and I'm ready to go out the door, he will, he would practically cry and try to force his way out with me. I mean, he loves going to work. I mean, that's the number one thing he likes to do. Right now, he sees me in street clothes. You know, it doesn't faze him. But as soon as he sees my gun belt come on or everything else, he just, he just goes crazy. He just yeah. wants to come out the door. And so how are you going to retire him? Have you thought about that? Well, I have another uh, German Shepherd at home right now. And um, when they're together, it's, it's pretty easy for them just to stay together. If I leave the house, um, they're both able to, you know, pretty much stay in the same area. They keep each other company. And uh, I honestly think that uh, once, you know, Isa was is pretty much retired, he would learn that, 
you know, some days I will take him. I will still take him in the, in the vehicle with me. And if there's a training day, I probably take him training as well. So he wouldn't be completely retired if, if I needed a backup dog or if, um, you know, there was one more than one dog needed, I would be able to use both dogs at the same time. But I yeah. would never stop the training with him because that's what he loves to do. He loves to play. He loves to train. He loves, that's the only thing he likes to do. He would rather train and, and do his narcotic scent work or his bite work, or everything we do with, you know, with patrol training, he would rather do that than eat. Yeah, I have to say that's exactly how my retired guy Morgan is. He still wants to work, and he did not want to give up his job at all. And he's going on 12 now, and he's just now starting to realize that Whistle is my service dog. He thought forever that Whistle was a foster dog that was just staying with us for a, a little while. But he finally has come to the agreement that he is retired. Because I tell you, these guys love working so much that it's really hard. I guess just like people, I don't want to retire anytime soon. So I guess they feel the same way. They value themselves and the, and the work that they do because they know how important it is. Yes, he, he values the time that he spends with, with me, and like I mentioned, he, he just loves to, he loves to be at work with me. Um, he loves doing his job every time he comes up, or if I'm stopping a car for a violation, you know, he hears the lights come on, and he hears me reaching for the radio, and he just goes crazy. He's, he's so excited to want to work. He, you know, he just loves doing his job. That's great. Well, so tell me about, so you said you're going to start looking for ISO's um, successor. So how does that process work? That's probably going to take some time. Actually, right now I have a couple importers that, you know, I'm working closely with. I'd like to have a, a canine that's very close and similar to the features of my dog right now. I'd like to have them same markings, same colorings, and everything else. Um, I'd like to have the same temperament because ISO is he, he's like a light switch. You can turn him on and off in, in a fraction of a second. Um, he's very social. I go into kindergarten classes. I go into you know uh, nursing homes. I do demonstrations. And Izo is pretty much the star. Everybody loves him. Uh, everybody could pet him. I have no fear of you know anybody getting accidentally bit because the dog is is unstable. He is just he is just a, a social butterfly that that does his job well and like I says, you know, if, if it's time for business, he knows he knows how to react. And that's gonna be a quality that I'm gonna to have to slowly screen all these these new dogs and see what see what qualities they have and what they don't have. And one of them is, is the play drive. If if a dog is not willing to want to play and loves to play, they're not very good for doing you know, the work that I do with narcotics detection, because that is probably the biggest thing that I do, and it's probably the biggest asset to my department, because, you know, a lot of the things that we uh, we find from drug dealers, you know, including money, cars, and things like that, um, ISO is a big asset for, for the police department. Well, he just sounds like an amazing, amazing canine officer. And we're going to take a quick break to hear some great messages from our sponsors. And we'll be right back to keep talking with Officer Doskas and hearing more about his work with ISO. So please come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. your dog some thought with dog thoughts 
It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. <gasps> on your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski touring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio, and we're talking today with Officer John Doskas and his canine partner, Izo, and he's been telling us about all the amazing things that Izo does as a canine officer, and so we were talking about how you're going to replace Izo in the future and the different things that you're looking at, and, and you were talking about play drive and how important that is, and I was just wondering, what is Izo's favorite toy? that he gets rewarded with when he does the job that you need him to do when he detects drugs. His favorite toy and what I use and I've been using since I started with narcotics detection is nothing more than a plain white towel that's rolled up into a, a nice little roll. And uh, after he finds the uh, the narcotics or the odor of narcotics, I should say, he, uh, he is then rewarded with the towel. Um, the towel, you know, my dog is a... Um, aggressive alert dog, which means he will bite, bark, or scratch at the odor of narcotics, 
where some dogs are passive alert dogs, which they will sit and stare at an object, showing you where in the vicinity it would be. But with a, an aggressive alert dog, the scratching is pretty much where the odor is. Um, so it's not very difficult for me to say, okay, it's in that glove box or it's in the dashboard of the car or behind that wall or in that, you know, fake light receptacle that's in the, in the wall. So he's, you know, he's pretty much alerting on the odor of narcotics. And then once he scratches, I would then reward him with the toy. And he would think with his scratching, he makes the toy come out and, and finds the toy. And then he gets a game of, of tug of war with me. Ah, and how long do you, does he get to play with the toy? He gets to keep it after I give it to him. I play with him, I tug with him for a good, you know, five, ten seconds, let him go, let him win it, and then, you know, he'd run away, we'd play keep away, and, you know, I try to get it back from him, and then play more tug of war with him, and, you know, he just parades around with this thing in his mouth, and he just enjoys, you know, just winning that that game. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest key for this whole thing is uh, the dog has to win, and he never loses that toy to my hand. So I will never take that toy out of his mouth without him letting it go first. Okay. If he lets, it, he lets it go, I then try to steal it from him, and I will steal it from him, and then he'd have to earn it back. Uh, that's what I've always wondered, is how do you get the toy back from him? What's the process of doing that? So you have to steal it from him when he's not looking, after he gets tired a little bit? Exactly. He lets it go. <laughs> that means that he's ready to let it go, and, and that's enough. And then when I steal it, he's all fired up again, and he wants that toy back. Of or, course. Or if I'm training, it's very difficult to keep the toy uh, and get the toy back from him. So what I have to do is I have another toy that I then tease him up with, and then he lets that one go, and then I tease him up and steal the other toy that he, he just dropped, and then the game is on again. Ah, okay. Okay, so yeah, I understand how important that play drive is. It's critical. Yes, it, it's, it's the most important thing, um, you know, for the scent detection. Also, at it, it works the same way when you're, you're teaching the canine how to track. Um, instead of, at first, what we use is we used a um, food reward. He'd find, um, you know, the foot, foot tracks in the grass or on the hard surface, and he would find, you know, a piece of a hot dog or something in the grass, which was his reward. But then after he learned what the game was, at the end of the track, he would either get his toy, which was a different toy. He has a different toy for tracking, which is nothing more than just a, like a juke toy, or he would get a bite at the end of the track, which would okay. be a, a decoy with a sleeve or a hidden sleeve or a bite suit, and he would track up to that person, that person would escape, and then Isa would go and, and apprehend. Okay, that's what I was wondering if you used treats at any at any point in his training, if that was part of it. Yes, right at the beginning. And if you have a dog that doesn't have any type of tracking foundations, that's pretty much what you'd start with. You'd start with um, a food reward, and then you'd build that up to some sort of a toy reward at the end. Is he very food-driven? No, he's not food-driven at all. And, and that's the biggest thing for training and certifications is that you know, a lot of times drug dealers, they tend to use food as a distraction for dogs or they use other dogs or everything else. So every time you do training with the dog, you do it in the most realistic type of scenario that you would do. You know, Some of the houses we go to aren't the cleanest houses, so we try to train in houses that are you know, in not so good shape. And we put distractions down. We put, you know, 
you know, hot dogs, hamburgers, things that the dog might eat. And of course, you know, if my dog is hungry and there's a pizza in the car, my dog probably would probably eat the pizza and then move on to his narcotics detection. But what I like to do is make sure that if I'm going to search a house or search a car, I remove those distractions before the dog would go in and, and do his do a sniff search. Right. Well, that makes perfect sense. That is so cool. And of course, the drug dealers would want to distract the dogs and think that food would be a good way to do that. That's that's really interesting and makes sense. Yeah, that's where you know a lot of them too is they really don't realize how well a canine's olfactory capabilities are, and they don't realize that you know trying to mask the odor of narcotics with dryer sheets or coffee or soaps axle greases i mean it's it's amazing what they try to do to mask the odors they just don't realize that the canines are able to smell through the grease right to the narcotics right the canines are so far above that their skill level <laughs> yes they are yeah well so tell me in your time with isa what has been your proudest moment with him well, we, we ended up catching a home invasion suspect uh, a couple years ago, which they were terrorizing you know, several elderly people in the middle of the night from our town. Uh, we were able to track them to, uh, to a wooded area where we were able to make the apprehension. Many times, you know, we, we've, and right now, it, it's really no big deal to me. When I first got my first big find of narcotics, I was I was crazy, you know, and and you know so proud of my dog. And now it's kind of like you know he finds a pound or two of marijuana or a kilo or two of cocaine. It's no big deal anymore because I know what his capabilities are doing. And uh, probably one of our biggest finds was about 600 pounds of marijuana. And you know that was that was most recently, but that was probably one of our proudest finds. Wow, wow. Well, that's a great job. Well, so tell me, how much does a canine police dog cost? Uh, it depends. Uh, depends on where you get the dogs from, um, if the dog has a foundation. Um, most canines that are green dogs, meaning that they really have no foundation at all, you can get a dog for probably, you know, three to $5,000. A trained dog is probably going around the seven to $8,000 range. Yeah, well, actually, you know, that's not that bad for the level of skills that he has. That's really more reasonable than I thought it would be. No, and a lot of people, they, they ask me, well, you know, who pays for the, the canines? And mm-hmm. I tell them, I says, well, drug dealers pay, pay for canines. We would purchase a new canine, and all the equipment that we use is purchased through drug forfeiture money that we seize. So the taxpayers really have no burden, and actually... You know, a police canine that's that's trained in narcotics detection is is probably the biggest asset to any police department. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad to hear that because I know service dogs are really expensive, and so I had a feeling it would be about the same cost for police dogs. Yeah. You know, as they all have their different skills of what they're trained to do. But that's awesome, and it's so great that you use the drug money to pay for it. That's even better. Yes, it is. Well, I just can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. It's been so great to hear about the work that you and Izo are doing together. We just thank you so much for joining us, and we'd love it if you'd come back and tell us about the future things that you're doing together and also when you get your next dog. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. And there's going to be some cool pictures of Izo posted on our website. So check that out at PetLifeRadio.com. And we thank you for being with us. And we also thank our 
sponsors for bringing us to you and we hope you'll come back and join me and Whistle again really soon at Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. So thanks so much and we'll talk to you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.